0: Justin, we live in the Chicagoland area, you know? And I don't, I'm do not i not trying to jinx it, but it's been a pretty mild winter. It has been, a, in fact, a pretty warm winter, I might add. Today, though, we did wake up with a bunch of snow. And I'm curious, what are your feelings on snow in the winter? When
1: I see snow, um, yep. the fir- like when I wake up in the morning, one of the first things I do is I look out the window and I say, yep. oh, today's a snow day. And I immediately... Ex, like breathe a sigh of exasperation because I know my dog is pooping in the house today. Ah, uh, without fail, yeah. without fail. Yeah, he, okay. he, Like I spent about twenty five minutes today on two trips within three hours trying to get my dog to just get off the front porch of my mm. house and like he would like pull there and like be aggressive so like i not aggressive towards me he'd just like pull backwards on his leash as hard as he could so um i guess the short answer to your question is uh, i get upset when it snows because then i have to watch for poop throughout my house
0: that yeah i guess i never even considered that (laughs) hats off to you that sounds bad that sounds like not fun
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, also, uh, he doesn't like it when it's windy out, when there's rain out, when the garbage truck's around, when there's mail, when there's other dogs, when there's people, when someone yeah. says hi to him. And, like, it'll be one of those things. I'll be, like, on, a, like, a 15-minute walk with him, and then I, I like no, he starts to go in his little, like, poop shuffle, and I'm like, it's about to happen, and then someone will come out of a, a building around the area, and then he gets distracted, that, right? and I'm like, oh, my God. So it's either another 15 minutes, or he poops in the house, so, um, yeah.
0: I'm so sorry. I had no idea. I, well, now I feel like a buffoon saying that I like <laughs> saying that, that, saying that I secretly kind of like the snow. I know people like, I know like the popular thing to do is like hate the snow and be like so mad that it snowed. Cause I guess, yeah, it is a little inconvenient and yeah, you know, can't make driving dangerous and whatnot. I think it's pretty and I don't oh. mind it. I, I, I truly don't really mind being cold. One of my, one
1: of my like favorite moments uh, with snow was um, I took the Metro downtown. It was a couple years ago to see uh, a show and it was like super snowy and just driving on the train and like just having the snow, just like, it was beautiful Uh. snow too, just like hitting outside. And then we walked downtown and like saw like the city and the the snow coming down in the city with all the lights and the buildings and everything. And I agree with you. It's like pretty. Um, It's not when it snows that bothers me it's sometimes after the fact of snow that that it can bother me like once it's done and then just like dreary and tundra of cold everywhere but the actual act of snowing i like because remember i'm a teacher and what does snowing outside mean that there's a chance of
0: a snow day so Mm. since everything's like like since you can do stuff online like if they have a snow day do you have to still like assign them stuff
1: So we changed our snow day policy that uh, initially, this was before the pandemic, we had like e-learning snow days. And basically Mm -hmm. what you had to do is they sent a form out to all the students and you had to check in in the morning. And then teachers had to assign homework that was relevant to your class. They made sure to say that (laughs) relevant to your class, Um, about 15 to 20 minutes of work that the students had to do. And that was it. They could just do it. And they had like two days to do it. They didn't have to do it on the day of the snow day. So it would be really nice because that way you didn't have to like extend your school year. And then they could do work if they had to do work. And then just enjoy a fucking snow day.
0: I was going to um, say like for me I would much rather just have to go to school for one other day in the summer. Yes. have
1: a day off. But, but, but like the way it was is like you didn't you just did a little work. Like yeah, and you, okay, didn't, sure, you didn't sure, have sure. to do it on the snow days. So you could do it afterwards. And granted, like, I, I think what that actually did was it made administration be like, it's okay to have snow days. <laughs> And oh, ultimately, okay. you're not like sitting there being like, "Well, it's negative twenty four out." Our board policy is when it's negative twenty five out, we have a snow. I'm like, "What the fuck? Like, no, like, it's cold." um But then they changed it after the pandemic, so this is like today. And mind you, we've lost all of our video conferencing abilities. We've lost all like habit of knowing how to teach like online. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's a snow day kids have to get online and check in and we have to do synchronous that means they have to be there on their computers oh learning which i find to be that's, the, that's the worst option because yeah. snow days are disruptive not just to your life to everyone in your your circle's life so like if i had kids and it's a snow day they're probably off <laughs> and right, yeah, and you then, still have to teach. Then you or still, still have to, to, to worry about your kids while teaching. And same thing with like like parents, like if their kids are home with a snow day, those kids probably have other things that they might have to do, watching their siblings, doing whatever. So it like yeah. to have them go on there. I think it, if I thought the pandemic taught education one thing is that synchronous learning doesn't work in high school unless you have like the exact the perfect resources between internet connection between whatever it just was not an effective mm-hmm. thing for us so now that snow days are that i'm even less excited for snow days but you know still a day where i can sit at this at this computer rather than actually go to uh, a building i think it's pretty good i'm okay with that yeah. yeah yeah that makes
0: sense that makes sense you know what else makes sense justin that this is in my- <laughs> Not a great transition for Hitbox episode number number uh, one twenty eight either. wasn't a great one for one twenty seven if memory serves. But um, we roll with it. We roll with it. My name is Peter Hunt Spitek. Welcome one and all. And joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co host Justin Makovich. How are you, Justin? things you got through a tough weekend i know for work
1: I, but I, I did you know there's all it's it's about to be a tough month for work let me just tell you that right now yeah. um this is like this is like the busy central of of the world um mm-hmm. for me but you know what i still i still have time for some video games and some video games properties which is good but i have a question for you actually
0: Ooh, lay it on me hit so me with
1: it I, I i must i must have been like uh i have like I, I I bite my nails. I used to bite my nails. I I stopped mm. for over a year at this point. Uh, I chew on toothpicks. I used to do that to stop oh, I I remember like that. A, I have a bit of an oral fixation thing mm. in my life. Um and recent like the the toothpicks were hard to do after the pandemic because of masks and I would, you, you can't have yeah. a toothpick yeah. in your mouth and a mask. It doesn't make any sense. So I've recently picked up a new oral fixation and I Uh-oh. need to hear your thoughts on Uh-oh. gum, Peter. Oh
0: gum. Okay.
1: What are your thoughts on gum? Because I am addicted to gum. I have gum in almost every location of where I usually sit and hang around. So whenever I can just pick it up and start chewing stuff, I'm, I'm addicted, man.
0: I um, don't chew gum. I, I have a hard time with it. I used, to, I used to chew a lot of gum. And then in sixth grade when I was a kid, um, I got braces. Oh. And I, unlike everyone else I knew who had braces, followed <laughs> the fucking rules. <laughs> You had no life, <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't chew gum for three years, or two years, or however long they were on for. Like I didn't. I just didn't chew it, um, and so I, uh, I just basically cold turkey stopped chewing gum. And then when I tried to return to it, I I found that I couldn't do it because like I, the problem is for me like my mouth when you chew on something, it's like now time to swallow, but gum doesn't get there, and so it becomes like very. Um, Weirdly enough, like in the background, mentally taxing as I'm like thinking, like having to like actively remember, do not swallow this piece of gum. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it Um, tastes so good. (laughs) But That's the problem, right? It tastes good. But like you're chewing it, but it's not like getting smaller or anything like that. Um, Yeah, I I do not. Um, Although I I can certainly like appreciate it.
1: Oh, I mean, it's so. I, I would say it's to a point where it's like a problem because I'll just have it, and I like I tend to like subconsciously chomp on it too. There's been mm-hmm. a couple of times like at night when I'm like you know on my phone or whatever. Um, my wife's sleeping next to me. I'm sitting there and I'm like listening to some TikTok, and apparently I'm chomping my gum, just, just like <laughs> going at it. She like first put on the white noise, and then she put the pillow overhead, <laughs> and then she'd be like, "Can you stop it?" <laughs> <laughs> so you, you gotta be yeah. careful
0: Chewing gum in bed If you fall asleep with that thing You could uh, you could die You could uh, suffocate. Just like,
1: uh, uh Speaking of that um, My wife recently had like a cold For like a week or so So she would always put like The Ricolas in her mouth When she would sleep mm-hmm. So she would have like that happening And like she didn't choke on it But she's like I'm getting these sores in my mouth I think it's from the yeah, you from shouldn't, the Ricolas. You shouldn't do that
0: yeah, yeah. Gross. yeah Gross Well we are going to be talking about Some gross video game news today uh, some of it, it, it's I'll be honest, everyone, it's a little bit of bummer city this week in video game news, um, but we're going to get through it together. Um, here's a preview of what's coming up. Microsoft, Amazon and Google have laid off thousands of employees at the start of 2023 here. The future of Halo is seemingly finite and let it be known huh. there is no WAP all that is coming up and more. Before we get into it, I want to give you a quick reminder to uh, join us on Discord. The link to that is in the uh, description of this episode. Follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. Tweet at us if you feel so inclined. Um, or if you feel generous, go ahead and hop on over to patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Become a $1 um podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Noel and like Dave Parker, we just crossed a threshold of 30 additional bonus episodes that you get access to. If you are a deluxe podcast producer along with getting your name read in the show, Uh, I thought last week's was kind of fun. We um, gave yes or no, like thumbs up, thumbs down for uh, 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 all of the video game controllers that have ever existed throughout time in history and let it be known. I did not win my eBay bid for that power glove.
1: Oh, Oh, okay. How much did it go for?
0: Uh, actually not that much. It was like 70
1: bucks. (laughs) But that, but then when you, you got the bid challenge, you're like, yeah, actually
0: I I put one bid in, it was like $50 and then it got (laughs) outbid and I instantly was like, you know what? I'm not going to make this mistake. Like, I'm not going to have this be a mistake that I'm going to make. So I I (laughs) let that go. Um, but I did not get the power glove. (laughs) Although I, I do, I do want it. um, There you go. Justin, before we talk about all that news, you want to talk about the Metacritic Roundup? Let's do it! Metacritic Roundup Three games! Three games in the Metacritic Roundup. The first we have here is Fire Emblem Engage. This is the new Fire Emblem game for the Switch. It has an 82 on Metacritic. Justin, as the resident Fire Emblem fan here... Um, what do these reviews tell you? How do they make you feel? Uh,
1: I think you're, you're, um, you, you said Resident Evil, uh, not Resident Evil, <laughs> Fire <laughs> Emblem. No, uh, Fire Emblem fan. I am not a Fire Emblem fan. I am a Three Houses fan. Um, gotcha. And I, like I like those world, I like that characters, and I was nervous about what this game was going to be because... I don't have this love of the history of Fire Emblem that this game focuses on. Uh, And the reviews say a lot about, hey, the combat in this game is awesome. Best tactics combat in a Fire Emblem series in a long time. Story's fine. So when I hear (laughs) that, I get a little worried because... That is like one of the best parts about Fire Emblem for me. Uh, three houses was exploring the monastery between missions mm-hmm. uh, leveling up your friendships, having freaking tea parties creepily with your with your friends yeah. um, and all that stuff. and some of that stuff is still here, but it seems like the focus is back on the actual um, tactics. Less on the characters, less on the story, more of just we're going to have this story around some in, some good combat. So I think the 82 Metacritic score with the 7.1 user thing – I mean, 82 is a good score. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if it's quite hitting that – that um, moment of uh, Three Houses. Because remember Three Houses, when that came out, people, everyone was talking about it. I mean, the fact that huge. I, yeah, the fact that I even picked it up and played it myself uh, when that was not something that was on my radar of being like, I got to play this. Uh, I was shocked by that. And there's the podcast, like ranking your your buddies uh, and like, which is like the best, like your tier ratings and just hearing all these people talk about these characters that you kind of fell in love with all of them. Um, so... I think, if anything, the reviews are good, but they have reaffirmed my worries about the game.
0: Yeah. Um, Are you going to play this, do you think?
1: Well, here's the thing. This might be something that I say when when it goes on sale. I might consider picking it up, but it is like... A nintendo game so we might get a 45 dollars sale
0: <laughs> and that is being generous yeah you might get that if, in the year 2028
1: yeah yeah suddenly so we'll, we'll go through it but i might i mean i'm i'm to the point right now where i'm kind of getting near the end of pokemon that which has been the game i've been like chipping away mm-hmm. at slowly um and i've actually started playing a little bit of elden ring again have you really Um, yeah i know it's sad i'm not sad that i'm playing the elden ring but like that's where like it was on my playstation and i was like might as well just play this a little bit right now so we are at that point when i am kind of looking for that new next game but stuff Mm -hmm. is coming out pretty rapidly so i don't know if i if i will do this now and then if this year is anything what i think it's gonna be i just don't think it's gonna um find a place in my in my shuffle of games
0: interesting well for me the only way i'm gonna play this is if it comes um well recommended by you or our friend dave parker from (laughs) button mashing 101 um because three houses sounds like a game that i would really really like 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 i'm sold on three houses and to be honest i've been waiting on like for among other reasons one of the reasons why i haven't played it yet is because i knew this was coming out and if this was a great successor to that then this would be what i would i would pick up you know like um pretty much instantly but it seems like this is not that like most of these reviews tend tend to say like if you like three houses this is not that it it has a different focus
1: yeah um and then uh i the ign review ign gave it a nine out of ten um they specifically they said a line in there that gave me hope for the game they said as someone who hasn't Uh, played all these Fire Emblem games, I was worried the story wouldn't grab me and the characters wouldn't engage me. Um, But the fact that he started playing it and then actually got to like these characters and know these characters and know their backstory without having that context and actually Mm -hmm. created a story that he kind of liked, I think that kind of like assuaged those fears that I had about not being connected to these characters a little bit. Sure. Um, But yeah, overall, I think uh, the Game Informer blurb by Metacritic says the following. They also gave it a 9 out of 10. They said, Engage's characters and social systems never quite hit the high bar set by three houses, but it does surpass its predecessor in almost every other way. Players looking for deep customization, expertly crafted strategy, RPG combat, and a heartfelt story with adoration for more than 30 years of Fire Emblem history will find that and more in Engage. It's one of the most gripping games I've played on a Switch and ultimately one I struggled to peel myself away from. If Three Houses was an experiment where, where Fire Emblem social mechanics can go, then Engage is doing the same of the series evolving combat and excelling just as much too. Um, so really the takeaway for this if you are listening do you like good tactics games strategy rpgs this Mm -hmm. is the game for you um if you're someone who really is into the choose your own i guess wife story kind of thing (laughs) uh i don't think social elements yeah yeah, (laughs) okay yeah that that, that's fun. there's social (laughs) elements um this game doesn't quite scratch those itches Um, yeah but that doesn't mean it's it's not a good game and i want to comment that this game looks freaking beautiful. Have you can have you I looked say, at anything?
0: Oh my gosh. It's one of those things where like... It, you know how like the uh, Nintendo Directs are like... <laughs> they look crisper and better than the games can mm-hmm. look on mm-hmm, the Switch mm-hmm. because, you know, they're uploading like 4K or whatever. Like that's <laughs> yeah. what these look... Like that's what this game looks like. It looks yeah. so crisp and so good. And like the character models don't look like terrible. <laughs>
1: Which um, makes makes me like roll my eyes at what happened with Pokemon again because it's just like there's no excuse for that and like this is a game that while granted it's probably not as like expansive as Pokemon with its open worlds they still like are able to make these beautiful games and I think this gives me hope that um, when we're looking at Breath of the Wild 2 um, like that itself is going to also like uh, the joke is in the draft is that I said, it's going to run like shit and like your number one draft picks, not going to like turn out well, <laughs> yeah. but I don't think Nintendo is going to do that with something like Zelda. Um, Zelda is a very different animal than Pokemon. Pokemon has to be released before it's ready. Um, Zelda doesn't have to be released before it's ready as we've seen by all these delays. So,
0: well, and also, you know, Pokemon, I think is published by Nintendo, but it's not made by Nintendo. It's like not in the house. You know what I mean?
1: That is, that is correct. So they, they, um, they just sit there and accept the check.
0: Yeah, I think I think it is tale as old as time of like, no, I think the po- I think Pokemon just Game Freak just doesn't make good looking games. It's not necessarily that the switch can't handle it. I mean, it's that is part of it. But like you look at Fire Emblem Engage and like what beautiful character models you have here that like aren't like they, I don't feel like they're compromised really in any way. You know, what no. I mean, just looking at from what I've seen from like trailers and like review footage and whatever. But um, so you go Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, you let me know when you start if you start playing this, because I would like to. Um, but I, I want to wait until I hear more about like, like from what I've read from the reviews, like it, I sort of get an idea, but like, you know, the kinds of games I like, you know what I mean? And I'm going to be curious to see if when you play this, if you're going to be like, you will like this. Or and, not.
1: You, and, and you know what I'm going to say? Like, I don't see a world where I play this game until you play this game over three houses,
0: over three houses. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And that's kind of like what I've gotten from <laughs> all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <too>. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see up next place uh it's not PlayStation. uh persona 3 portable came out on the switch pc ps4 xbox one xbox series x it has a an 86 on the xbox series x a an 81 on the pc an 80 on the ps4 and an 81 on the switch justin persona 3 you can play it now what do you think?
1: Okay, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never, mm-hmm. um, I don't know a thing about this game. Like, I, I understand Persona. I've never heard yeah. about it. I don't know what's going on with it. Um, but for me, if like I'm thinking about where this falls into my hierarchy of things, it's like I got to play Persona 5, then I got to play Persona 4, then I would probably think about playing this, even if that's the case. But I can't imagine that regression of gameplay is gonna be, is going to be fun for me.
0: So I have been playing persona Four golden um, this week and which we'll talk about in a minute. And that is something that I have absolutely noticed of like the idea that like I can see the seeds of, of the mechanics and the ideas that I really like in persona five in persona four. Um, but I think that a lot of them are a lot less refined and like a lot less def- like defined and, and all that sort of stuff. So like, Uh, unclear (laughs) you know what i mean like i don't know uh that is part of why i picked persona three other than also like our persona four other than like most people that i know who've played persona four are like hey this is like one of those like like games you should play in your lifetime sort of like games and And i've just never heard that about about persona three
1: and and that's the thing i like people talk about persona four very fondly um persona three i know it's a persona game people like it. i just don't hear that kind of like that that chatter about it um i'm looking at some of these metacritic scores too um the uh series x version has eight reviews that give it an 86 the user score has six reviews giving it a 3.2 which which wow that's i know that's not a huge sample size but um neo moon 7 gives the game a zero saying currently playing this and very long and boring it sucks the writing is too much i want devil may cry meets dark sider style of fighting not this rpg bs plus it's rubbish anyway i
0: hate it <laughs> well i guess you know no wrong no wrong opinions here but um <laughs> then i'd pl- then i might suggest playing dark siders or devil may cry you know what play bayonetta i heard that games like that <laughs> it's just it's it's like such a weird complaint of like this game isn't what i want it to be Uh, Uh, it's too much they literally spelled it like t-o-m-u-c-h like just one word um yeah i well okay like another one of these like fucking user reviews is like it's not a good fit for xbox because it's an rpg uh and it's not and xbox isn't the jrpg gamer system of choice xbox is for sports games and fps usually so make so this game is not ideal to play on xbox so like what the fuck i mean you know, like like here's here's the thing here's the great thing this is on game pass and that's incredible like that's so huge
1: whoa i didn't know that
0: Persona 5 Royal, Persona 4 Golden, Persona 3 Portable, all on Game Pass. And that's awesome. Oh. I, um, yeah. So so what's great about that too is like you get you get yourself a backbone, play that on the cloud. Like, like Persona is a great game for that sort of thing where it's not twitchy. Like you don't need like great reflexes. Like it's like there's no timing in it. You know what I mean? It is a yeah. slow methodical RPG. Um, but I, I'm interested in Persona 3 portable. I will potentially be going to play this later this year, after I have finished Persona 4 Golden, which is also uh, uh, in the Metacritic roundup right now on the Switch. It has a 91 on the PC. It has an 87 PS4. It has an 88 um, PS Vita from back in 2012 has a 93 um, Xbox One not scored and Xbox Series X an 89. So, like in terms of Metacritic score, like this is. Um, much better received not much better received but like it's the difference between like an 80 and a 90 right on metacritic um and i'm loving it i am i am really enjoying it i'm about five hours in i've just gotten to the point where like the game has opened up and said like all right go wild you know um it is a very good game full of lovely little characters um.
1: So I played this game on the uh, PlayStation Vita, not all the way through. Um, yeah. On two separate occasions, I got, I tried to get through the the opening part of the game. Um, and on the second time, I got to the first dungeon where they actually really introduced some of the combat to it. But I, yes. I have to say one thing about the game: it was very slow opening.
0: <laughs> it is. It is like it's like a three hour visual novel yeah, to get yeah. to the part where you're like actually playing. And yeah. I completely understand people being turned off by that. Like 100% no, no question there.
1: And and I think that was one of the things when I played Persona five is just how quickly they get you into all that stuff and how the combat is so quick and addictive and in a great yeah. way. And they really do that so quickly into the process that it just, it, it picked me up much quicker. That being said, I don't think it's a bad game. I'm not, I'm not saying that I just didn't finish it. Um, but your thoughts so far with all the with the the story with the characters with everything
0: i am liking it i am seeing uh, like I'm, i'll be also like curious to play persona 3 uh, by the way i'm playing on the switch and uh it looks beautiful i i don't know what they're doing but it does not look like it is at 720p on handheld and 1080 on docked like it looks really really crisp the the like character art is is gorgeous. Um, it looks really really good, which is like a standout for the Switch, I think. Which is like suspicious, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Why do you look so good? Like, what's happening? <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's it's good. I will be interested to see like what the Persona format is because like this game has this a very similar like setup as Persona Five does, where like you are. Uh, Spending a year at a new school, you're hanging. You are like you've got like a foster family that's taking you in. Um, in this game, it's your uncle, and uh, he's got like your your cousin lives there. Um, and you meet a bunch of friends, and you end up finding yourself inside this like upside down world, basically through TVs. Um, and uh, but what sort of sets it apart from Persona Five is that it's like a murder mystery kind of um, where some some people end up dead, and you're sort of trying to figure out how. Um, all of that happened, but, um, it is good, but it it does suffer from like that old games are old sort of thing. And I think that like playing, having played both persona five and persona five Royal before this, um, might be doing me some bad because like I said, when we were talking about persona three, like you can definitely see where the ideas started and where they like were refined in persona five. So for example, um, You know, you want to hang out with people in order to increase personas of the same um, arcana as them. And then also, like, when you hang out with them, like, their personas are going to be stronger and whatever, right? Like, the people in your party, at the very least. Um, To find people to hang out with, you just have to walk around until you find them. (laughs) Like, they, they can be on in any number of places, right? Whereas in Persona 5, like... It just straight up gives you a list of who's around and where to find them. You know, like like it just makes that a lot easier because running around the entire town every single day is just not that fun. You know, Um, stuff like that or the uh, the dungeons are like randomly generated, um, which like just like the floors of them. So it's basically like mementos in Persona 5. Um, But while that works fine enough, it doesn't necessarily make it feel like it is uh, like well crafted you know what I mean? Like the dungeons don't ever really like they never come across like well thought out areas because they're not. They're just, you know, the same hallway, copy and pasted into the same room, into the same this and this and this. Um, That's not necessarily a complaint. It's just like. It does make the dungeon crawling aspect of it seem a little like plotting as opposed to um, feeling like it is a, a an area crafted to make sense. And to,
1: and to explore and to find, like, how to traverse it and
0: everything. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, um, but, th-
0: like, that's not that's not bad. You know, like, like, there is enough going for it that that's hardly anything.
1: In that same vein, would you recommend, like, people playing Persona 5 and then Persona 5 Royal? Or would you just say, just skip Persona 5 and just go to Royal?
0: Unless you think that you are going to absolutely fall in love with the series and want to play both games then just play Royal. Like for you, I'd say just play Royal. You know what I mean? Because, um, having played persona five, like it it, persona five Royal fixes a lot of some of those quality of life things. Um, and it does change the gameplay in a way that I think makes it feel fresh and new. Um, but you wouldn't necessarily feel that if you'd never played the first one, but if you went backwards, If you like play Persona 5 Royal and went like, holy shit, this is incredible. I want to I want to play, you know, see, play every part of this game and then like I'll go play the original Persona 5. It would be like, oh, no.
1: And at least the good thing about this is that the story is different, like from playing Persona 4 Golden from uh, Persona 5. Right. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's totally different. Um, And the characters are all different. I mean, like, like. It, it to me it doesn't really feel like you've got these like stock characters you know like like yeah. they're all unique and individual um and interesting too i i'm excited to see the drama and like where all the characters go and and everything like that but um it is uh oh he, persona 5 i think is very explicit about like when something happens when you do something it is very explicit like what you've done and what has happened whereas in persona 4 oh. Um, it is a little bit more ambiguous. So for example, like the, the like daily life traits that you need, you need like courage and brains and like, you know, all, all of these other like social skills, those are leveled up, um, through activities similar to persona five, but like the activities are a little bit more vague in terms of like what they're going to give you and like how much you're going to like learn or, or, or level up if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just, it is a, an adjustment period. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that, you know, by the time I'm 10 hours in or 15 hours in, it's just like, I'm going to be totally adjusted to it, but, um, it just, it takes a little bit of a learning curve. Good game and game pass. So there you go. (laughs) That's the thing. I I will say I'm playing on the switch, um, because I just wanted to have it on the switch because what the hell else is that thing doing? Um, uh, and also, tr- like, if, if I'm gonna be playing it on the go, which is like I've been playing it on like uh, the the treadmill and whatever, um, I want to be able to have the screen be bigger than my phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you it's know true. what I mean. Uh, it, like, because I just don't want to have to deal with with the backbone. I like the backbone, but I uh, like having the full switch. I think is is nice. So and you, you, do you don't go.
1: have to rely on an internet connection, too.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. Justin, let's talk about the news. What do you think? Let's do it. Microsoft has laid off 10,000 employees. It's not good. It's not funny. It's sad. Um, Microsoft is going to be laying off uh, 10,000 employees, which is about five, less than 5% of its total workforce. Um, and it, it's going to be um laying the, those 10,000 people off by the end of its uh third quarter uh which ends in march so the people who are affected by this have not all found out yet um and it's sad it, it like like there is a lot of um not all of it is gaming related right like the 200,000 220,000 or so are full-time Microsoft employees, and you know, a fraction of that are games. Um, but we've already seen how games have been hit. We were seeing layoffs at um 343 Industries, we're seeing layoffs at Bethesda and um the coalition, just to name a few different studios that have been hit by this. Um there are a lot of layoffs going on in, in games right now, and it's it's kind of sad. Uh do you have anything to say about Microsoft specifically, or can I list off the other ones that are happening? Uh,
1: talk about the other ones, and we can get back to Microsoft.
0: Um, great. So, on top of Microsoft, Google has laid off twenty—not um, twenty uh, thousand, 20, twelve thousand employees. Um, it, it's coming from um, Alphabet, who's Google's parent company, but um, still, you know, they're laying off twelve thousand employees, which is significant, right? Um, Vox Media, who um, is a company that owns Polygon, they also just do a lot of other like um, uh, tech stuff. They um, la- laid off, I think, a hundred people or so. I, I don't think Polygon was affected, but uh, I do know that Giant Bomb and Gamespot were impacted by layoffs. Um, some really excellent people there were laid off. Amazon laid off, um, is planning on laying off eighteen thousand employees. It's bleak, man. Like that's. That's a, like that's a lot. So between all you know the, those three giant companies, you've got 18,000, 12,000 and 10,000. That's 40,000 people who are working in from these companies that are being laid off from these multi-billion dollar companies. Right. Like. Yeah. yeah I mean, what, what do you think? I, I'm like interrupting myself. What do you think, Justin?
1: Uh, it is frustrating. It is very sad for those people losing their jobs, but market wise, it makes sense because a lot of these companies um, during the pandemic, when things started to shift to different ways of doing business, yeah. uh, hired more employees uh, to do a lot of more tech things, online things, whatever. And as yeah. the world is, for all intents and purposes, back to back to the good um, – they they have this huge boom of hiring that they have to to deal with, and the easy way to deal with it, rather than finding them other work or or, or parts in the business, is just to lay them off because they don't need those things anymore. Um, and I say this with very sarcasticness because I, I honestly think um, that the pandemic was a moment for us to shift the way we look at work. The pandemic was a way for us to shift the way we look at business um and instead we're just kind of back to back to what we did before and that in this case the while a lot of that stuff was like convenience this stuff shows the human cost of it that when we revert back to these other things we have a bunch of people without work now and, and like that is like a significant amount of people to not have jobs anymore so yeah i think to me again market wise it makes sense why this is happening now um but i am disappointed that it's happened now i mean even looking at my job i thought things would be different with how we dealt with students activities whatever um after the pandemic but now it's just kind of like okay, those last two and a half years really sucked, didn't they? <laughs> just pretend they never happened, guys. Um, Instead of fixing stuff, we just kind of like reset to what we were before.
0: Yeah, uh, and not not to be like too bleak, but like I, I've seen that like everywhere. Like I thought like healthcare might change yep. a little bit. You, you know, like I thought that there were going to be a lot of changes from that sort of stuff. But what you're, I mean, it, it makes sense, right? Like it, exactly what you're saying. Like from a market standpoint, these layoffs, like from from those companies, they they see like okay, well, actually you know, we did this huge push to shifting online and shifting into this, um, you know, two years ago, but now as the world starts to open back up and whatever, like they are seeing like, Oh, well we can just cut, you know, all these sorts of corners and, and, and maximize profits again. But that human cost is like 40,000 people across these three companies. That is like unfathomable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that is just it, how terrible, how like just absolutely terrible and bleak. Um, and, and like you look at Microsoft and, and they're paying $70 billion to acquire more people, right? Like, like you don't – I know it is not that simple to say just like, well, they have money. But like there is a way I think where they could maybe not spend that much money to make more money in order to keep – people working and and whatever. I know it's not their job and I know that this is just like the complaints of like how the market in the U S works right. About like more and more and more cut costs, cut costs, cut costs. But it is one of those things that I think that I've seen a handful of people pointing to like, Hey, Microsoft, you are spending so much money to buy different companies and to, to buy up like different spots in the market and whatever. Like why not just focus on the people you have and, and focus on what you have and, and, Whatever else from there. But I, and I know that that's me being an empathetic person and business, big business is not empathetic to people, right? Like they don't care. They, they don't. Um, But it's just sad and it makes me sad. Have you ever worked at like
1: a, like uh, a job that is based on like, like production and stuff like that? Like I would say, like, I'm trying to think of the word for this. Not even sales. I'm talking about like factory work or anything like that, that it's just like you have to stock X amount of products in a day in order to like reach target.
0: Um, We did. I mean, this is not exactly what you're saying, but like when I was at Old Navy, they um, required you to they basically kept a a calendar of like how many people signed up for Old Navy credit cards um, and on like any specific day of the year and then the next year they looked at how many people did it like signed up last year and then they just increased that number by one and you need to get one more person to sign up for credit cards and it's one of those things where like i mean like i was a freshman in college when i was doing that and i was like there is like a threshold for how many people are going to sign up for this. You, like, like that is such a bad way to look at it. I don't know if that answers your question, but like, oh, it's it similar it, like, like that
1: more, more or less, because if you don't get that, what do they do to you? They like, they, they, they
0: just, you have to stay open. Right. Star has to stay open.
1: Yeah. So like, the The idea is that when I used to work at a warehouse, we used to get like performance things about like you you stocked X amount of stuff in X amount of time, like your production is way down or it, we're, we're in overtime right now. You guys are not working fast enough. You're not getting the, your targets met. And yeah. it can feel like, for, like as an employee, it can feel like kind of powerless when you have these big businesses that don't look at you as a person doing a job. It looks at it as how much work are we getting done and whatever unrealistic expectation they give you to do, they're not looking at that way. They're looking we need to get this stuff done and you're not doing it and yeah um, I think for all these companies when when you become not a person you just become a either a sunk cost or someone who is not giving you enough production that you need to get stuff that can be a very dehumanizing thing and as much as I complain about like being in education and stuff like that I think for the most part we're not treated like that and I appreciate Mm -hmm. that we're not treated like that um, and I think a lot of these other tech jobs. I mean, Amazon's the perfect example. They have to a T like mapped out how much you need to do. They yeah. mapped out every single step you need to take, how long it takes to do all this stuff. And if you don't meet that, you are looked as a failure, fired, lose your job, whatever it is. And I just think as you know, these companies get more and more, um, I guess, streamlined, or they they find ways to 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 track production and track ho- what you do. Um, I think it's just going to get harder and harder for employees because um, these people are not the people getting laid off like the, the head CEOs of these companies. These no. are lower level and sometimes middle management and sometimes other things that are doing it that, um, are just trying to do their best. So it's hard. It's rough. Uh, it's, it's difficult.
0: And I think it is, it's management issues, right. Of like, uh, of hiring this many people on. Well, like, you know, you were saying like hiring during the pandemic and whatever, like, there has to be more foresight, right? There has to be more like questions about like, hey, is this like sustainable? Are the people that we're hiring now going to have jobs in two years? The answer for many of these people, obviously, is no. And like that is a management issue, right? That's not the people. That's not the people who got hired. That's not their fault. Like, how could it possibly be their fault, right? Like, they had no say in any of that. But it it sucks, and and we're seeing that too um, in in the games industry with. Um, 343 Industries is is the real big uh, story here. Um, There's a report going around saying that that the studio, which has been responsible for Halo ever since, I don't know, like 2011 after um, Halo Reach came out, uh, that they are no longer going to be uh, in charge of Halo games, but they're still going to help with additional development and whatever. This comes from um, a Halo leaker called Bathrobe Spartan. Um, who apparently has a pretty good track record, they basically tweeted out, uh, and this was um, translated by someone else, um, that 343 Industries have been hit hard by layoffs and will see up to a third of its workforce laid off, um, and that it is going to be taken off of active development of the Halo series. Um, so that rumor was going around um, that Halo that 343 was not going to be in charge of Halo anymore. And then from the official Halo Twitter account, yesterday... Uh, yesterday afternoon, 343 Industries tweeted a, um, kind of like, uh, they tweeted their statement, and this is just an image, one of those like cyberpunk ass, like name of the game in the corner, so 343 Industries in the corner, and then just a little bit of text, and says this, Halo and Master Chief are here to stay. 343 Industries will continue to develop Halo now, and in the future, including epic stories, multiplayer, and more of what makes Halo great. Pierre Hinze, Studio Head. So, they are seemingly denying um you know what what's going on there uh or, or i guess what that statement is but um i guess we will see until like anything official is said um it's it's tough to imagine though how well they're doing like how well that studio is actually holding up if they've if they've lost a third of their workforce right like that is a significant chunk of people
1: i think but. that goes back to um Uh, Halo Infinite being not the success I think they wanted it to be. um, Yes. I think it shows that there was more to that game than... It just not being a good Halo game. I mean, that game was built upon dysfunction at three four three. I mean, the whole process of leads changing, games restarting. Um, uh, what was the name of that uh, uh, grunt? Was it not grunt the the um, brute? Was it Chad? That <laughs> wasn't Chad. What was it? The the
0: uh, Craig.
1: <laughs> Craig. Yeah. Um, like there was so much dysfunction on it, and when you are looking at Halo and Microsoft is looking at Halo as being its marquee franchise and when it doesn't live up to that i think unfortunately that looks bad at the studio um and i think if anything part of the problem with this is that 343 has been under so much movement that it's hard to have an effective studio culture created when you're just replacing leads here and there so i i say none of this stuff is surprising 343 is probably still going to be involved in a lot of halo stuff but like i wouldn't be surprised if Maybe there's more Halo games that are made by other uh, by other companies uh, within Microsoft, and um, it's just sad for everyone involved with it. But uh, I I I don't know if you agree with this, but I think since Bungie left Halo, Halo has not been Halo.
0: I do I have never felt that three four three has. I'm so sorry. I've never felt that Halo that three four three has had a solid grip on what makes makes Halo good. I just don't think that they that they do. To me, to be honest with you, I've felt that the 343 Halo games have felt like fan games. Do you know what I mean? Like like works of, like great fan works, but like not they, like they don't understand like the core of what made those games good, you know? Um yeah. or like what made like like from from literally like from most aspects. Um that said, you know, I don't want them to lose their jobs oh like, no like, yeah, of yeah, yeah yeah, not. i'm like, not saying like god they no, suck they no, should no, no, lose no. their job <laughs> no. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> um but but like I, I think that i personally would love to see like a halo game by respawn or like by like i would love to see another studio like take a crack at it because i just don't think that, that 343 i think they've proven um pretty much with every release that they are not the studio that should be in charge of, of the halo series i just think that's a fact Uh, Or I guess that's my opinion. So I think that's my opinion. I have an Um, idea for
1: you. A Halo game developed by Blue Box Game Studios. Wow. Thoughts. Wow.
0: Well, it'll be just like Halo Infinite, and that'll it take a really long time to come out. Um, Here's an interesting sentiment from Patrick Wren. This is um, he is the senior encounter design for Jedi Survivor at Respawn, and he was the former senior multiplayer designer at um, 343 Industries. He tweeted out this. The layoffs at 343 shouldn't have happened and Halo Infinite should be in a better state. The reason for both of those things is incompetent leadership up top during Halo Infinite development, causing massive stress on those working hard to make Halo the best it can be. The people I worked with every day were passionate about Halo and wanted to make something great for the fans. They, put, uh, they helped push for a better Halo and got laid off for it. Devs still there are working hard on that dream. Look at Forge. Be kind to them during this awful time. Uh, and, and I, you know, we, we sort of briefly mentioned, like, uh, uh, the development of that game was just so fraught with with incompetence, right? Like, there were people who were, like, just told to just sit around and wait for more instructions because they didn't – no one could figure out what the game was, right? And there were, there were like, reportedly um, entire sections and, like, completely finished ideas and whatever that were just scrapped entirely. Now, the game that came out was, de- like, decent, you know? One like, of my top go, ten games. Yeah, me too. We go back and forth on, like, how good it actually was. But, like, I think, you know, in terms of being an enjoyable experience, I would say, like, net positive. Um, Like, all in all. But, like, yeah, it's just, I think that this is one of those things that 343 Industries, while I don't think has ever really nailed Halo, I think the major problems with Halo Infinite specifically was management and leadership. And I think that that's been clear um, from, from most things here. Yep. So, there you go sad let's talk about something that's dying <sighs> something else that's oh my god <laughs> like a
1: well you're right these transitions really aren't, aren't <laughs> they're no, really dark <laughs> i said i said right off the bat i said at
0: the top of the episode it's a it's a it's bummer city bummer city out here <laughs> marvel's avengers uh gonna be del- delisted in september and uh development's coming to an end in march i think um at play avengers the official marvel's avengers twitter account tweeted an important announcement about the future of marvel's avengers and then a link and then when this link went up for about 12 hours uh it was a 404 not found which is fucking a list incredible work marvel's avengers for what you were as a game. (laughs) They basically, uh, their blog post says this to all our amazing, to our music, amazing community after two and a half years and introducing 12 of earth's Mightiest heroes following update 2.8 on March 31st, 2023, we will no longer add new content or features to Marvel's Avengers. All official support for the game will end on September 30th, 2023. Even after support, official support ceases, both single player and multiplayer game gameplay will continue to be available. See below for more information. Uh, and they basically just break down like what exactly, um, that is how that's going to go. All the solo content will still be there. Like, like you'll still be able to play multiplayer, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and then also, uh, after, after March, uh, March 31st, uh, everything that's on the games marketplace, um, will just be free for people. So like, you can have all of the costumes, all of the takedowns, all the different, like, that's emotes awesome. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's a really nice way to like pay it for, like, you know, say like, thank you to your, to your fan base. Um, but Yeah, Avengers coming to an end. You said it's being delisted? I thought it was being delisted. Am I wrong? Yeah,
1: I I heard. No, I heard that. I find that to be odd if that's the case, because um, I'm glad they're still running it, because when I first heard that, I thought it would meant like they're just not going to be like you can't play it anymore. But like I'm, I'm still a firm believer like that game that that's that's campaign. Fun campaign.
0: So, okay, to clarify, uh, under the FAQ page, it says, will I still be able to buy the game after March 31st? Yes, the game will remain available for purchase digitally between March 31st and September 30th, and at retail, while supplies last. So you can buy a disc, right? Um, No new digital purchases of the game will be available after September 30th. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Um, Well, this... Two things with with this. First of all, play that single-player story. Like, totally. Like, 100%. Like, it is like a 10 hour experience that i think is worth it um uh, in the very least for a fun little comic story the th- other thing about that it goes to show you about just digital ownership in general um like that's problematic like you know what i mean like it just
0: disappears right like just gone, gone forever
1: um and then you're forced to have the the game the with the disc game forever and that's that's it um and i'm sure a game like this too i can only imagine like the 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 initial disc version um maybe not this year maybe not next year maybe not even five years from now you you won't even be able to get the updates to get the most current version of that game at a certain point um if they're stopping all the support for it so um yeah I, i i think this is sad um i can't say this is unexpected though if anything i have been shocked at the amount of support that they've had for this game since its launch considering everything people didn't like about it
0: that is 100% the truth like yeah it's uh, you know it's always said whenever games go offline like you know cuz there are communities for games everywhere right um but for like how <laughs> fine in general <laughs> this game was yeah. it is nice at least to see that pe- like that that it got the support that it did right and that it had a fan base like it did right might not have been my cup of tea you know might not have been like a 10 out of 10 masterpiece, but like there were still enough people playing this that, that they felt the need to, you know, keep with it and, and work on it. Um, you know, it, it seemed to sort of come and go pretty quickly, but I'll say when you look at something like, um, what was that game last year? Babylon's Fall? Like that game was in and out in like four months, you know? And I don't think that that is, like I don't think that that was an unrealistic thing that could have happened to this game you know in and out in four months but i think they stuck with it and i think that you know they had two and a half years of solid support solid um updates and and whatever else and and i think that um people i think generally remember this game fondly from what it sounds like like the fans at the very least will remember this game fondly so
1: yeah i it was a moment for me i mean it's so it's so connected to my to my time in the pandemic too because didn't this come out during the pandemic dude this came out like
0: when our podcast started
1: yeah so like we, like
0: episode like three or four was i was playing the, the demo of this
1: so like it's like tied in that time when i just had time to like kind of like sit down like between classes <laughs> like i remember yeah. like some like literal times it'd be like it'd be like one o'clock and i was like all right i got like i got an hour before my next class like i had to teach right now and then i just like sit on my futon and lay down and play it like um I mean, nostalgia is 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 powerful to making a game better in your head, but like I I will remember this game fondly, and for me, it's a point of time that I will I appreciate so much.
0: One hundred percent. Speaking of other superhero games, though, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, that uh, the Rocksteady game, um, an image of it leaked on where was this? Oh, 4chan! Wow, <laughs> <laughs> fucking wow! Oh, there uh, an, you go. Image, an image was posted to a 4chan forum. Um, of like a menu screen of, uh, apparently a, a recent test build of the game. Um, and it was showing the, like the battle pass and multiple different, like premium and, and whatever else currencies. Um, and, uh, that image has been scrubbed from the face of the internet. Like you can't really find this, like all the tweets that, that have been displayed with it, um, have the, the, like the media has been removed. Um, I think someone was able to save this though and maybe posted it to Reddit. Nope. It has been taken well, down
1: they have like a very slight link of it like if you look like in some of the responses of it like
0: oh yeah you can like sort of see it yeah but when you click on that it, it disappears yeah um and so you've got yeah like people talking about like the battle pass the fact that it has like a battle pass and everything like this and and a lot of people were were getting like upset about this was this not like did we not know i thought that i thought this was like known I thought it that was. was like a live I, service game.
1: I, I think maybe the, the word like to me, the I, the reason like, like putting the doc together, I thought about putting these two things next to each other. I see these images. I immediately think of Marvel's Avengers. Yes. Yes. Like to me, that's what these menus, the, the menu screenshot look like. So like, I'm not necessarily surprised. I knew it was going to be one of those kind of live service games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe people just see this and got triggered because they're worried about it being like what the Avengers was, but I'm telling you, if it's still a fun little story and it plays the same way that Avengers does, I don't see anything wrong with with this as an option. And if the game actually runs well and the combat is unique with these characters and there is good strategy with playing each of those four classes, this could be a fun,
0: fun little, fun little game. And and I think like to your point, like uh, who made Avengers? Was that Crystal Dynamics? Crystal, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily like. Hearing their name and then hearing an Avengers game does not necessarily make my ears perk up. Doesn't like like it doesn't like turn me off, but it's not like instilling like confidence in me, you know, yeah. just by yeah. the, like the the IP and then the the studio behind it. But Rocksteady and Suicide Squad, yeah, I can I can get down with that. You, like I think that that can be. I, I would trust them to be, to um, make all those characters feel unique and, and make them all like fun and interesting enough to play on their own. Sure. The idea of like a battle pass for something like this, like doesn't like I'm, I don't, that doesn't make me like immediately like interested or involved, but for the people who are going to like this game and are going to play this game frequently, I think like that's a perfect way to like, you know, give them cosmetics and, and give them things to like to achieve for it or to like work for and achieve and whatever. So I don't know. Do, do you know what I'm saying with that?
1: I think what I worry about is uh, a live service game. Uh, It's just harder to make consistent quality
0: content.
1: and I think one of the things I love so much about um, Rocksteady's other games is just how, like, those worlds, like, they're so detailed in so so many different ways. The way that you, you know, going to Arkham Asylum, how streamlined that that little Metroidvania-esque game is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this game is going to be like that. It's going to be much more probably about numbers and getting bigger numbers to hit other yeah. people with bigger numbers. So I think it worries me that it's not the Rocksteady game that I want, but I trust Rocksteady to give me good quality games. Um so.
0: And I feel like we had I think that at the at the end of the day, if this is better than something like Gotham Knights, people will feel like I, I think it can be received a little bit more warmly. Does that make sense? Like like Yeah. Can, do you know what I mean by that? What will happen
1: if it's Viewed worse than Gotham Knights.
0: Oh, I think that will be a huge hit yeah. for that studio. Yeah, because they haven't done anything since Gotham Knight, right? No, I don't think so. Or wait, uh, Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also think though
1: that everything I've seen about this, and you've played Ar- uh, Arkham Knight. Oh, I'm now confused. The, Gotham, Gotham Knights. Knight. I played. You've played Gotham Knight. So you beat it, right? Hundred percent of it.
0: No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I I did a lot of like the the side stuff and like the map stuff.
1: Okay, okay. Um this game uh the Suicide Squad Killer Justice League looks better already, I think. Like It
0: looks like way more fun. Like yeah, like the it, powers and stuff look great. The, the the concept is already like way stronger. The graphics look
1: better. The world yes. itself looks more full and, and, and interesting, more so than I ever saw um with Gotham Knights looking like that. So on, on a very just visual looking at them level, I think this game, Suicide Squad, is going to be better anyway, hopefully. Um, so I, I'm not necessarily as worried as I could be. Um, I don't think this gives me pause. I think it sets expectations for what the game is going to be for me, though.
0: Yes. Um, agreed. Th- th- like, like, for me, uh, I probably wasn't going to be, like, a buy this day one sort of thing. But, like, now I definitely am not. You know what I mean? Like, now this would definitely be a wait for a sale you know, maybe I'm working on it Who knows yeah, I'm, I'm gonna like, be like Yeah good luck
1: <laughs> like To be actually To be honest if
0: it, if it is like a more If it leans into that Live service stuff That might be something I actually will have to work on But like If I don't Like this would be a Potentially wait for a sale Or wait to see How it is reviewed You know what I mean Before like pre-ordering Or whatever But um, There you go uh, Justin Next month we're, We are like Careening towards The launch of the PSVR2 You uh, you got your pre-order in? Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. I've gone back and forth on it. And like the answer is no, like I'm not going to, um, but uh, uh PlayStation blog posted um, a- a- an update to their, to the PSVR's launch lo- uh, lineup. And uh, it's adding 13 new games to its lineup. It is looking like it's going to have a very solid game, uh, like game library when it launches on February 22nd. They've, they say that they've got more than 13, so, uh, 13 games. So the highlights here um, are you've got a Gran Turismo 7 VR mode, um, which I think we heard about beforehand, but this is like 100% uh, like confirmed now. You've got Before Your Eyes is coming to PSVR 2, which is something that um, I uh, missed last year or the year before. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it seems interesting enough. You've got Thumper, which is like a, a horror rhythm game, which is awesome. Um, here's an interesting fact about Thumper. The level that you're on determines the key signature. And so it ends up doing these crazy key signatures. So like on level seven, the key signature will be like seven, eight time. And like, I don't know, if you're not mus- like a musician, like seven, eight is like not a key signature that you'd ever really use. Like it's, it's very odd.
1: Um, uh, side note, awesome soundtrack. I highly recommend listening to it. It's one of the things, like I don't listen to very many video game soundtracks, but it's some really cool music.
0: It's weird. It's like like Nine Inch Nails ass, like yeah. Trent Reznor. Yeah. Have you <laughs> played Have you wait, have you played it? Uh, I've I've watched when it, when it first came out. I watched some like LPs of it, but uh, I, I've never played it myself.
1: Okay. I played it on PSVR one, so I have to buy it again, I guess.
0: Oh, it's it's already on PSVR.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that makes this announcement a little less. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, novel. it doesn't.
1: It doesn't make it less novel. It makes it more frustrating because this is with my yeah. issue with the PSVR. But anyway, keep going with yep. other other notable games.
0: Uh, you got what the bat which is um like a follow up to what the golf um which is so it's oh my god this, baseball this, instead of golf this
1: uh, image with the little dog with a with the 3d glasses on it i love that this, little dog a
0: ga- this is a game i think you would find is very funny oh, uh, I, I guess i've never played um what the bat but what the golf is one of those like zany Humor games. Can you ma- can, can you imagine me
1: spending of. the four thousand dollars I need to buy this thing just to play What <laughs> just the Fuck? Play bat? the Bat? Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's like, oh, cool. Did you check on Horizon? No, no. It's uh, no, but just, What the Bat? What yeah, the I bat. just yeah,
1: I um, I, I uh, hit a, a banana into a washing machine. So
0: yeah, exactly. Um, you've got Tetris Effect connected, which is like Tetris Effect. Apparently, is like one of those like if you have a PSVR or just a VR headset in general, like play this game. Um, so I guess, but I mean, this is also one of those ones that was on the PSVR, so like not like a huge announcement, right? Uh, and then the other, the other big one here, um, at least in my opinion, is the last Clockwinder. This is a game where you set up auto, It's like very unique. You set up automation um, with your body, like you're make, making like a factory line essentially with your body, um, and then you are trying to. It, you're told to add different components onto it without disrupting the flow of everything. It's, like, hard to describe, uh, but, like, once you see it, like, in motion, it really works. So, basically, like, you'd be told to um, pick up one piece of the clock, pick up another piece of the clock, put them together, and then hand them to the left. And then you'd create a loop of you doing that. And then you are going to then create a new loop uh, of you taking the clock from yourself, winding it twice, and handing it up. And then you, like, create that as a loop. And then so now you've got two images of yourself one person putting the two pieces together and then handing it to the left the other person grabbing it from the right winding it up twice holding it up and you basically make this like super long factory chain and it's it seems really interesting uh this is the kind of game that i would absolutely want to try out but
1: i really hope there's a uh like a tutorial where there's a house on fire and you have to like make a bucket brigade of people to like put out the fire just (laughs) Just, like hand the bucket down hand the bucket down yeah
0: yeah um, but those are those are the highlights from the the ones that they've have uh, announced recently. Some other ones of just in general games that are, are coming here, um, is you got Cities VR, uh, Dark Pictures Switchback. Uh, what else is on here? Horizon Call of the Mountain. Oh gosh, uh, Moss Book One and Two are are coming to it. No Man's Sky, uh, Pistol Whip, Resident Evil Village, um, Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. It's a Star Wars game uh tentacular which is uh, a comedy kind of game uh walking dead saints and sinners chapter two and that seems to be it so are you getting a new one are you getting the (laughs) vo2
1: no i think this just really reaffirms how disappointed i am the backwards compatibility compatibility is lacking i think this would be an easy purchase for me um, and I would not feel bad about this purchase if it was backwards compatible. I could play the games I have, um, the games I've downloaded that I haven't played. I could play them in their best possible version um, mm-hmm. with a control scheme that really fits and highlights these games. Um, but when you don't have that, I, I just feel like it is – I have to look at myself in the mirror and be like, I don't have that much time to play games in my life a lot. And there's yeah. so many games that are out there that I want to play that I still haven't played that I can't necessarily look at the cost of this to do it just to have some fun VR experiences, mm-hmm. um, and it's just I think that's just disappointing to me. And you, you'll notice one thing that's not listed on this ga- on this list too right now. Um. Oh, Beat Saber, Beat Saber, and I know I, it's been announced to come later, but like not a launch game for Beat Saber. Are you fucking kidding me? What a missed opportunity! Um, yeah. And I looking at these. Do you know which one of these are v- exclusives? to PlayStation VR too.
0: call the mountain. Obviously I think switch back the dark pictures game, um, uh, Gran Turismo seven.
1: And to me, that's not enough, um, no. to really justify this one. And I've said it before. I'd rather get another VR headset that I can hook up to this computer that I have. That's a good computer or not hook it up to a computer because it's a fucking VR headset. Yeah. Um, so if I'm really going to spend this much money on it, I'd rather have the power of Steam behind it rather than the power of the PlayStation Store. So this is disappointing because I'm so interested in this technology, specifically the PSVR 2's headset. I think the technology is fantastic. I think the controllers look cool. I can't wait to touch them. I just don't see me buying them.
0: It's tough because for me, this is an instant buy if it had um, Half-Life Alex on it.
1: Uh, yeah, I I couldn't even say that because I would most likely just buy the I, I should just get a, a vibe. Or, yeah, or an index. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, that's I think that's fair. But um, PSVR two, there you go. Let's end with something kind of kind of odd here, an oddity story. Shigeru Miyamoto said no to a Wario-style Princess Peach. Um, basically, this uh, this information came up uh, on some interview. Um, with um, Shugo Takahashi, who's the co-founder of Mar- Mario Tennis and Golf uh, Studio Camelot, um, th- this is an old interview, but it was recently uh, resurfaced on Twitter after uh, someone translated the interview, um, commenting on uh, <laughs> a a like evil version of Princess Peach to come to to Mario Tennis on the N sixty four. Basically, um, the studio's pitch was like an evil Peach. Um, basically after, uh, they had seen the success from uh, like the green light to go ahead to making like Waluigi who just came out for Mario tennis. Um, and after Camelot pitched it, um, they pitched Walu peach for the, like the next project that they were going to work on. And Miyamoto just did not, (laughs) was not about it. Um, it seems that though, that like they, that Miyamoto said no, because, um, Uh, of the design as opposed to like the concept because that's like what they really talk about here basically the idea was that uh this waluigi peach version would um look like duranjo from this anime called Yataman. i've never heard of this before she's like a like lady duranjo she's like in like a leotard and she's got like this headpiece on and like uh, like this big cape like i don't think that this is necessarily a um like risque design necessarily But apparently Shigeru Miyamoto didn't like it And thought that it was too close to this character
1: um, Do you know how you fix that You just don't make it look like the other character
0: <laughs> Right like like, wouldn't you just say Like if you said like no I don't like that Because it looks too much like Duranjo Um now, I wonder if they, came, just, at, they
1: came at Miyamoto and They're like okay how about A Wario Peach
0: And he's like I'm in
1: He's like I'm in <laughs> Oh, I'm man, I'm I'm in so much. Or what about a Yoshi peach?
0: Like a lady Yoshi?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. But like it's or, Yoshi. Or man. Like What did you mean? That's what I meant. Like it's a Yoshi. It, it's like it's like a princess princess Yoshi. Isn't that Birdo? No.
0: OK, no. Why do why do Birdo's eggs come out of her mouth? Wow, mouth <laughs> Very good. Very good impression right there. Uh, do you think the series needs this? Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they haven't done like an evil like princess.
1: Yeah, no, they need to. Uh, I I am all over like the the Bowsette character. Is is it Bowserette? Bowsette? What do they call Bowsette? it? Bowsette.
0: Not familiar.
1: Like it's Bowsette. It, it, oh, careful.
0: Oh. Careful. my goodness i know well, not like, my fucking computer you <laughs> gave me a computer and std justin
1: <laughs> uh, type in body pillow after that
0: <laughs> no I, I won't but is this a character um i don't
1: think it's a f- official character but i think like some uh it became like a, a meme a couple of, uh like a few months back that people were like like had a design of it and then people got thirsty for it um and the, now
0: there are dude some in i am surprised that this is just like on the first page of <laughs> oh my gosh anyway you're saying i'm sorry
1: Oh uh, no but it was, just, it was just someone who did that and then people became thirsty for it and then like let's bring that into canon mario
0: i think i think like the idea of a like a bowser like i said like a bowser character i think could work okay um yeah, don't probably- we need
1: don't we need a, a female bowser like do, isn't that like a, a necessity like instead of this like creepy ass trope about bowser just like stealing princess peach why don't we, like, just find a way to resolve that story without him being a, a monster?
0: Yeah. Uh, right. Like, like it, it feels a little bit like we're overdue for, um, like, a new major character in the Mario canon. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. like, it seems like we've gone quite a while without, like, adding anyone who isn't just, like, a one-off for a game, you know? Yeah. For a single game, but. Or how um, about something,
1: like, really progressive, like, Bowser's just sitting there. He's sad. He's like the 40th time of me trying to kidnap this woman and just not working out anymore. I don't know what's going on. All of a sudden you see a gloved hand on his shoulder. Camera pulls oh. back. It's Wario himself. I was, being Wario. Yeah. <laughs> Bowser looks back. Wario looks in his eyes and then they just do a, a nice soft kiss.
0: A nice little, just like a nice little soft kiss.
1: Yeah. And that's it. And then, and then it cuts to Waluigi behind a bush being like, "Wah!" Nah. <laughs>
0: Um, if you had to cast them in a live action movie, who would you cast as Wario and Waluigi? And there are there's one right answer okay. for this for this pairing. OK,
1: Um, in this specific moment. Um, uh,
0: no, no, no. Just in general.
1: Oh, um, I think a good Wario would be Kevin James because everyone expects Wario to be like a disgusting character. But like, what if it's just like a sweet guy who's just a little bit off?
0: You know, actually, now you say Kevin James is Wario, that's actually a That was not how I had in mind, but that is actually a pretty good answer. Okay, and then who would you cast as Waluigi?
1: Uh, Waluigi would have to be... um, Who's a tall actor? I can't think of a good tall actor off the top of my head here. Um, It would probably be... I keep thinking of basketball players now because I have the, the all thing. Okay. So it's let Kevin me, let me James and LeBron James. Of. It's the James <laughs> what brothers. The fuck.
0: Wait, let me hit you with that, What I'm thinking of: uh-huh. Wario is Danny DeVito, while Luigi is Willem Dafoe. I don't oh. think that that's bad casting. I actually oh. think that's very good casting.
1: Oh, I like that a lot. And I would go. <laughs> I would you. go. What? What? Like you could even make that the Wario Bowser story we talked about. Dafoe. Yeah. I think Dafoe. Danny DeVito
0: fits in there. Yeah. yeah,
1: William Dafoe would be the sad Bowser. And then the, oh,
0: the no, nice little like Danny
1: DeVito would come up with a hand on the shoulder kind of moment. That would be... Yeah. I'd, I'd watch right. that.
0: Yeah, me too. Justin, I forgot to ask at the top of the show, uh, video games you've been playing. Any?
1: Um, no, I have not been playing any any video games, unfortunately. I have, though, mm-hmm. been watching yeah. a version of yeah. a video game in yeah. a TV series form known oh, yeah. as... Yeah. the Last of Us TV show. Us. Holy shit, my um, friend!
0: Dude, I didn't think CW had the budget. I didn't think <laughs> CW could, <laughs> could do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Last of Us. Oh, oh my, my gosh. god!
1: I am uh, man. It was so. It was. It was. First of all, top level thoughts. It was awesome for me. Like it was everything I wanted as a fan. Um, and then like watching my wife watch it as not a fan of the game and enjoying it. Uh, I I think they, they did a fan. It's a fantastic job. It, it services everyone so far in the first episode. And in many cases, they make the story better.
0: I think it's one of those things that just as you adapt something into, um, you know, for, adapt something for screen, right? As opposed to for games, like I think you're able to just add a, a little bit more uh nuance to things and and cuz you don't have to focus on like getting control back in the character's hand in the player's hands right like you just you get to focus solely on character and stuff but
1: or or you don't have to focus on like tutorializing how to throw a yes, brick at exactly. someone like yes. you don't you don't have to do that you can just kind of like skip all that like like that that stuff and just get to the story get to the beats get to the action you want to see um so at the very beginning of it it starts off with this like 60s television interview with, oh, man. with, yeah. with that that is basically talking about infectious diseases which god like It's just so funny. Like I bet some people watching this are like, oh, they came up with this game after the pandemic, right? No.
0: (laughs) Let me say this. I'm going to admit something, everyone. I've had a hard time since the pandemic, believe it or not. The pandemic was very, very difficult (laughs) for me. (laughs) And I have had a very, very, very difficult time consuming any sort of media that depicts the end of... The world, because I remember, we all remember, right? Like, how scary was that? Like, that was so scary. I had a hard time watching this, personally. I I loved it. It was great. Like, it is it is a very very good portrayal of of how all this sort of went down. I like it. Just like that that scene of him talking about it, uh, of him in the beginning of that like that sixties talk show was just so like eerie and, and unsettling, because. We like it, it, for us, it. Was a great way to like set up like what the zombie, it, it, like you know what the Cordyceps infection was and all that sort of stuff. But like, um, you know, you freak, if you're not thinking about it being a TV show about zombies and whatever, like you think about like, yeah, this is what happened to us, you know. Other than it being a fungus, you know, of just of just a big worldwide, you know, infection pandemic that that killed millions of people and and changed the lives of everyone else. Like, it was tough and I and, I, and i
1: always say that the that covid was bad yeah but it was not as bad as it could be and i think like something like the last of us like that shows you like i mean think of how how poorly we reacted to the pandemic in so many ways yeah um, and like if you do have something that creates like infectious zombies
0: oh zero like, faith like
1: that we can come the, out of that
0: the least realistic thing about the last of us, I think is that after everything goes down, that the government still has any interest in holding things together. Like, like literally none, you know? Um, I, I, just, I think that, um, the scene where she's in the, in the watch shop and everything's like starting to go down and like, but like no one really knows what, you know, I, I found to be very, like very, Accurate and very upsetting because of his Accuracy for how all that went down At least in my life where like you didn't really know what Exactly was happening but you knew it, There was something you know what I mean and just Like that that shivered on the back of your spine But like damn I think in the light it, Following the pandemic and everything I think that this story is Just very powerful You know and, and heartbreaking I mean the first episode is heartbreaking right like uh, So
1: le- like The first 30 minutes first of all the beginning of The Last of Us is one of my favorite video game parts media yeah, things openings yeah uh, openings ever. They improved on it so much um in my opinion. Um the the subtle storytelling that they do with Sarah basically just trying to get some a gift for her dad, and they are interspersing all these like hints at this thing that's coming that we as the the viewers know what's coming. Um, with the with the the cordyceps virus, the uh the kid in the classroom who has that weird uncontrollable twitch, the yeah. as you said, in the watch shop, the 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 police cars driving by, and all this other stuff, the uh dog knowing that something is is oh, going on with these people. Like so creepy. Um, like all of these little things that just slowly are building this tension in that in that beginning segment to the old creepy lady that um Gosh. when it, when it goes from you know you have the initial uh in the game, you have the neighbor come in and it's like, who's this neighbor? You've met the neighbors, you see yeah. what happened, you know these people, and making it an old lady too also just fucking brilliant because that's creepy. Um yes. and like all that stuff happens. Uh and the the way the pacing of all that and the development of all that is just brilliant. And the, the time they spend on it, the extra time I think is so worth it. And it makes me look ahead when they show that, like on this season of the last of us, like, oh my gosh, come I, on. I, the goosebumps that came in me because I know where all of the stories coming and you know where those moments are and you think about what they're going to do t- to tell those moments in the live action, how they're going to build on those moments in live action. I, I am so excited for where this is going to go this year, uh, this season. And, um, it's it's going to be awesome and I have so much faith in the the showrunners of this. Uh, we were talking about this before. Uh, uh Neil Druckmann is is one of the people involved in it. Who's the other what's the other guy's name? The Chernobyl like
0: Craig Maslin?
1: Craig I think? Maslin. Um
0: Mazin, excuse have, have me. Have you seen Chernobyl? Uh, I watched some of it with my family and it was uh, a little too upsetting for me. Like it was, it was too upsetting for me to watch. So
1: unfortunately it's him and Neil Druckmann making this story. So let's get some upsetting shit happening and like, really like taking time with it. And like one of the things that, that I think Chernobyl did so well was just building this dread and this like inevitability of what was happening. And like the emotion that they put behind all of this, the people making sacrifices of their own life to try to save people for the greater good. And like, when you have him and Neil Druckmann doing it and you and you know that they both are huge, like they are deeply within this material and they love it and they care about it, I'm just so excited to see how they're going to make the, the changes that they're going to make in, in in the story. Not even the changes, just the, the way they're going to tell the story in a more rich way. To fill out – was it eight or nine episodes? I don't know. To fill out however many episodes the season is going to be like – if anything, I'm like, how are they gonna tell that all in the, in the amount of episodes? Like they're just doing so much with it. So I'm very excited for it.
0: I guess I mean the the, the first episode was an hour and a half. Like it was yeah. pretty long. Like it yeah. flew by for me. Uh interesting Craig Mazin also wrote the Borderlands movie that's coming eventually. Oh
1: interesting. He's clearly um, he's clearly a gamer. So uh, we talked about this a little bit before we recorded. Um the the HBO put out a podcast, the Last of Us podcast. Um yeah. that is uh uh, hosted by uh, Troy Baker. Um, it is then basically Troy Baker interviewing and talking to uh, the two showrunners, runners. Um, and they came up with a lot of interesting insight about the process of it. Initially, mm-hmm. the episode was supposed to end um, after the 20 years later moment, the first episode, the 20 years later moment um, when you see that kid and then it's going to end with Joel holding the kid, the, the body of the kid and throwing it into the fire. Yeah. Um, but HBO was like, you want people to come back to the show? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you Like you want to literally end with like you killing two kids and then hope they're yeah. going to come back week two. And then they were like, Oh, actually, cause what is the inciting incident of the last of us?
0: It's- them meeting each other right right like, so they've
1: said we'll end with the inciting incident then and get that part going and obviously they, they they were like we that was the perfect like the foresight that's what we should have done um but just like hearing that kind of process and stuff and and hearing the the their journey to getting to what we got i think was really awesome um yeah. Agreed. So also fa- fan theory time here what do you think where, how do you think this pandemic started in the the last of us tv series
0: should I go off of what I know about the game? You I mean you could, you could. So in the game it's coffee. Okay. In the game it's it's the cordyceps, um the ants getting the coffee. Yep. And the coffee beans and and that's how it's able to spread across the world so quickly is because, you know, like we you know, humanity loves its coffee. And so like that like everywhere got hit at the same time. But
1: so how do you think it's going to be in the in the TV show? Do you think it's going to be the same way?
0: Um, I guess I guess I assume so. What do you What do you got? I have, I've been doing a lot of
1: just like you know like reading th- things, and I saw them talk about flour. Um, oh, and think about how this episode starts. It starts off talking about uh, with not the episode. It talks about the cookies that the neighbors are making. Remember, they're making cookies? oh yeah, and they he, literally she take have the a moment. Cake? Yep, they literally take the moment feeding the cookie to the old lady. Yeah, um, Joel talks about being on Atkins. Um, the whole pancake thing at the beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: So and then, uh, so that's that's my theory of how they're gonna like tell this story. But the fact that what goes from the coffee thing that probably that happens in a lot of like audio logs or or, or like 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 text in The Last of mm-hmm. Us to actually have them take those notes and dramatize it and expand the lore like that. I am so excited for the opportunities that they have the, the scene um, in the movie that Tess and uh, w- was with, who's that guy that was, that she was tied up with talking to the
0: the, the guy who like, yeah, whoever the that car battery was, or whatever. Yeah. We didn't
1: see that in the game, but we were able to see that in the, in yeah. the series because they could, they don't have to stick with Joel the whole time. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I, I, I could gush about this. I'm so excited about watching this tonight because we're recording on Sunday. Um I'm uh, really looking forward to it. And I just I, I am just geeking out about all this little stuff with it. On top of the fact that it's well acted and it's awesome. The the Sarah's death scene, dude. Oof. Come on. I,
0: I was I was having a tough time because of the pandemic stuff like that I'll let up to that but I mean I knew it was coming but I was still like gutted right like it's just it's
1: awesome performance by both yeah. by both actors like there that like, that was
0: whatever the actress's name is who plays Sarah like like you follow her the whole like she's the main character you know yeah. what I mean of that first section which is you know, how it is in the game um but like you you spend so much more time with her to the point where like when it actually happens it's just it's all so so much um yeah, and, I am. I am truly looking forward to seeing more of this. Was
1: that and, and one more little geek moment theme. Yeah. the the way that they show Joel's PTSD about Sarah's moment, like throughout the whole thing, I think is fantastic because it makes it make so much it fills out what we kind of assume probably happened in the last of us it fills it out it shows it and it dramatizes it in a way that makes it so impactful i mean literally like that one scene when he's literally holding that dead kid and putting them in the fire the same way he held sarah is like like just what a wonderful parallel. And then they do the part when he basically beats up the kills, the security guard in, in front of Ellie. Uh, he has that little flashback moment right before it. Yeah. Like it, it's just these little things that just really just, they're using the series. They're using television in a way that the game can't, and they're making good choices. And if anything, it's just going to make playing the game better.
0: Agreed. And I've seen a lot of people talking about like, yep, downloaded last of us part one tonight. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I mean, hey that's why they did it right like yeah. that's why they did it because they knew that this thing was gold um a, a few things something that i noticed that i haven't really seen anyone else talking about um there's there's fun little like uh nods to the game I, I really don't like when like video game media like video game adaptations will like rip directly from the game like by trying to like translate like gameplay elements into like tv or film or whatever like i hate I hate when a first person shooter game gets made into a movie and they do a first person doom, <laughs> doom, yeah, the Halo always. TV show did yeah. that fucking every episode, uh-huh. uh, or I guess the two episodes that had fighting in them. Um, like, like I, I, hate that, but, um, uh,
1: do you remember when master chief lost his virginity?
0: I didn't get that far. Mm. <laughs> it didn't get that far. Um, but, uh, I, I just, I don't like when they do that, but like you could, people were pointing out like, Oh my gosh, the way he takes his backpack off to take his gun out and everything. Um, but the one thing I noticed that no one else was talking about, um, Joel obviously is a very damaged, uh, individual, someone dealing with, uh, a lot of emotional instability and whatever from, from, you know, the events of the outbreak and everything. Uh, and so he's taken a bunch of, what was that? Oxycontin or, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Um, and, um, that's how you get stronger in the game and and take, a, and take a bunch of pills it makes that mechanic make more sense in a way because
1: it's like the pills like it make him like feel younger cuz he can hear better he can do all yeah. this stuff because <laughs> he's, he's like, like he's able to like heal the demons a little bit like by taking like these out, pills yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so instead of it making him the pills will make him stronger the the pills the pills heal him back to what he was think about yeah.
0: that yeah here's something interesting about Craig Mazin uh in addition to uh writing and being in Mythic Quest um He graduated magna cum laude with a degree in psychology from Princeton University in 1992. His freshman year roommate at Princeton was Ted Dildo Cruz, now a junior U.S. senator from Texas. former Republican candidate, whatever. He openly despises Cruz on a personal level and frequently disparages him on Twitter, calling the senator a, quote, huge asshole. (laughs) Thanks. Wait,
1: they were roommates? Yeah.
0: (laughs) That, that is so funny
1: i so we're like i trust wikipedia more than more than anything i guess but like that is so funny i wonder if this i wonder what he thought about him in college like that to me i'm like hmm he hates
0: him he says he says that he is not a fan <laughs> so um craig mazin me too not a, f- <laughs> <laughs> not a fan uh justin can i talk about For spoken for a minute uh, i know we're, we're getting towards the end actually before i do I watched the first two episodes of the near anime, near automata version, whatever they're calling it. It is very good. There's three episodes so far, and I believe they're delaying the the anime indefinitely. <laughs> oh, really? Why? Uh, issues of production in the pandemic and working oh, from so home sad. stuff. I know it's it's disappointing because it is kind of interesting. Like what they're. The way they're retelling this story from a non-video game perspective, even though the video game, I think, is like is the sort of thing that needs to be told as a game, um, I think it's been interesting. Uh, so I, I'm disappointed that I'm going to have to wait longer for it. But uh, so far, it is an A+. Cool. It's on my list. For spoken, I've played the entirety of it. I beat it. <laughs> um, Should I have drafted it? No, uh, I, um, so we're, we're talking about this before the game actually comes out. Embargo will be lifting, uh, by the time this comes out. So like, you'll be able to have read, uh, like the Metacritic score will be out and everything. Um, but obviously we don't have that right now. Uh, this is not a great game. Uh, this is like, if I had to say like the most five out of 10 for me, video game, just like completely forgettable and average in just about every single way. Um, uh, this is just feels like they said, make an open world game. And they went, sure. And they said, make an open world game with magic. And they said, okay, yeah. Um, are the, are the magic spell is going to be interesting. No, I'll just make it like a third person shooter. Um, I mean, you you played the demo, right? Like, yeah. I, um, I didn't.
1: Uh, is this, was this? My reaction to the demo was, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think the story could save it. And...
0: It? Uh, oh it's no holy <laughs> shit no dude the writing like like okay i i think at its very worst like the 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 what video what a video game right like writer team should aspire for to be at the very worst should be completely forgettable should fade into the background and so you could just focus on playing the game right like does anyone remember the story of like Dying Light 2? No. Because at the very w- it was not a great story uh, from what I'm uh, familiar with, but it just it faded into the background, right? Just there's a guy on the radio telling you go do this, go do that, like fine. Like that's what people care about, the zombie stuff. People are not invested in fucking whatever Aiden Pierce or whatever that character's name was, right? I think that was Watch Dogs. Same It, it was, game. but like the same name, it's literally, same name. It's the point that I'm making is the same for Watch Dogs, right? Like the like the writing of something like like a game like this like at the very worst should be just completely unmemorable. This game is like wowza written bad. Like wow, it's really bad. It, it it like every single scene breaks down when you go like wait, why do you know like how do you know that or like what like explain that to me like like everyone just knows random shit like. Uh, the main character Frey just has the complete inability to read the room or like understand her situation at all. Uh, it is it is truly uh, if I had to put it into a word, painful. The writing uh, it is it is it's really bad, dude. It's really bad. It does doesn't the, get better. Does the plot go anywhere interesting? No, no, Do, no it does not. Does the gameplay get any funner? What section did you play in the de- in the demo? So like how many power sets did you have? Two. Okay. So, you probably have like a grapple hook ability? No. Okay. Um the se- so basically you have uh you end up getting four different ability sets uh, as you sort of expand the world and um the first one is okay. The second one is all the fire powers and that one is by far absolutely the best one. And then the other two are not very good, well, one of them's not great, and then the last one you get like an hour before the game ends it like so you don't really have time to like Use really it. get to know it and like like know it's like you know different like all the aspects of it 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 is not great um. I think the combat's it, like serviceable, like fine enough. In fact, I think it's probably the best part of the game, especially once you start to really know some of those systems a little bit better as you expand your magical abilities and stuff. Um, but the game so rarely like lets like gives you a combat challenge that like requires you to really like think and like really use your powers in a way that it's like meaningful and like thoughtful that like it just it doesn't ever find its stride because it's trying to interrupt itself with this just Ass backwards story that doesn't make any sense and feels like it was written by two aliens. You know what? Th- if you told me this game was written entirely by an AI, I'd believe you.
1: <laughs> That's horrible. <gasps> like that is not like, a ringing endorsement.
0: No, it, it is. It is really like like to call it clunky would be like an understatement it is like i i'm like i i know that i talk about bad game writing a lot i really don't know how to get across to you listening that like this game the writing in this game oh shit you remember that trailer that teaser trailer that was on twitter that everyone was clowning on that we talked about on the show where she's like let me get this straight i'm doing this i'm doing that is lifted directly from the game like Ah. that is not like they recorded that like that is like what the writing is (laughs) Mm. it's bad
1: Mm. Mm. it's not
0: good that said, if, if you like Horizon Forbidden West, you probably fucking love oh, this. Because it's, it's just that. No, I'm <laughs> serious. Like, like, I like this more than Horizon Forbidden West. No, um, no. Why? I do. Why? Uh, because I, I think the gameplay's better. Is it shorter? I, I, it, it, oh, it is significantly shorter, by the way. <laughs> um But I, I think like once you get that second power set and you get like the actual fun abilities, like I do think it does get better. Um, but that's I don't know, seven hours in. <laughs> like like that is and and I think the first 3 to 4 hours are really really bad because it's all just plot. It's all just like the story um and and it is it is clunky, it's slow the the whole time like the so the main character is Frey and then she's got this cuff on her arm. And the cuff like to put it in a word sucks. He sucks but not in a way that like feels like it's intentional. He sucks. He just like sucks so bad. And like, like uh, you learn more about him as the story goes on. And I think that people who love this game will end up being like, "Mm, actually there are reasons for him being this way. And it's like, no, I know I played the game. Like I got it, but that doesn't mean it's not like he's not irritating and grating and like, unfun to listen to and unfun to like hear the character interactions between um it is it is it's bad dude like the writing is is truly awful all right so
1: this you don't know the the answer to this yet what do you predict the score is going to be the the open metacritic score
0: it's tough because like like i said i like this more than horizon but I don't think it will score better than Horizon. Like, I think that, like, I, th- uh, I think this game is going to suffer. Uh, I would say at max, it's going to get a 70. At worst, it's going to get a 51. But the problem is um, no one has this game. From what it sounds like from, from people talking on Twitter, uh, they Square was not interested in, in giving uh, putting this in the hands of a lot of people. So I'll be interested to see how many reviews actually go up. I'm working on this for IGN, so I know for a fact that they have a review that will be up by the time you're listening to this, obviously. Um, But, like, I don't know. um, I I really don't know, like, what... uh, I I don't know, like, who else is going to have this. But I don't don't think it's going to perform well.
1: At some point, we're going to have to do a deep dive about this
0: versus Horizon
1: Forbidden West, (laughs) because...
0: I just think that like, so when you move around the world, like the magic parkour is really fun. Uh, like it's not fun. It's just like flashy. Like there's, there's nothing engaging about it, but it is flashy enough. Um, I think the powers are interesting enough. Uh, and, and for the most part, like you feel like, I feel like I'm doing actual damage to the enemies, which like with horizon, like, yeah, you're shooting little bits off, but like, Oh cool. I shot a single toenail off a fucking T-Rex. Great. Like you know what I mean? Like, like I, I felt that her, that for spoken is a, is a better power fantasy. Um,
1: okay, give me. numbers are, are arbitrary, but out of ten, yeah. you would rank Horizon Forbidden West a like a
0: like a four or five. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I mean, I would give this a five, right? Like yeah, it's not well, yeah. be- like know, so like it's not like thing. it's like miles better, but um, oh wow. Uh, let me say this: I never fucking laughed out loud at Horizon Forbidden West. I just groaned. I just was like, "Oh gosh, more." With this game, there, I, I got some chuckles. <laughs> I got some <laughs> chuckles. i of like, there's a scene where a character is rescuing you, um, and they're like, uh, you, "You're you're in prison." This is at the very beginning. You're in like you're in like a jail cell, uh, and um, a character like comes to rescue you, and and you're like, "What are you doing?" And they're like, "I'm here to rescue you. Here, put this on," and they throw you a garment. Right. And so why I assume that they're throwing you this garment to conceal your identity. So it's so like, I figured it'd be like a head to toe cloak. It's just a hood. Oh, but oh. like you're walking around in, in this final fantasy ass town in, in a flannel and jeans and like gym shoes. Like people are going to know, like everyone's going to know it's you from afar, regardless of whether you have this stupid ass hood on or not. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it oh, it's it's tough, and also like the like they don't know how to write like the exposition for it when it starts. Um, they, like they don't know how to like it, like bring you into the world and like explain like what the world is like because Cuff like the, the Cuff either knows a lot about Athia or doesn't, and like he's very inconsistent about like what he knows and it's not in a way that's like intriguing like oh wait like what do you know it's like wait did you write that wrong like does he know like what does does he know this or does he not you know what i mean it's not like a character thing um which i think could have could like his character i think isn't isn't executed properly in that way is what i'm trying to say so instead of like having like a, a natural way to like explain like what's going on to you you literally take six minutes to sit in a library and read about it and the end the end, there, is, there are some twists and turns in the plot, and this big thing happens, and this character is, sa- is saying to Frey, like, 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 Frey's having this realization of like, oh my gosh, like, wait a second, hold on, she's having the realization, and then the character is saying, like, say it, tell me, say it, like, I want you to say what's going on. And I'm sitting here like, fucking Frey, please lay this out because this does not make sense. <laughs> like, you're like, so Frey's like, wait a second. So you did this, and then did it. Like she's like laying it out. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that did not come it across. Not, what I got, at not all the, yeah. yeah,
1: not the, not the answer um, I got.
0: It is, it is. Yeah, it is. Pa- like it's painful. Like oh gosh, I don't know. Like now I think about it. Like Horizon Forbidden was probably better. Like, thank God. I know. Thank God. Now it's, I know how like,
1: you feel like when I talk about the medium. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's not good like let me say this this is not like a good game i would really recommend to anyone this will eventually be free on ps plus in like a year Ooh, pick it up yeah then. like you know what i mean like, like this is one of those games like pick it up then um i think also it's a very big miss for the character of Frey. um so so infrequently do you have like black women be the main characters in video games and uh, like this is clearly not written by a black woman like, or, or or a black person at all. No, like, I just think that, like, she is not. She's a stereotype, like, and I guess it's it's not really for me to say as a white person, as a white man specifically. But, like, she she's just she comes across like a stereotype and they, they make her like this very, like, angry, brash person. Like, it, it just it doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like it was written by someone who is writing their experience. Does that make sense? No,
1: absolutely. And I mean, that fits so perfectly too with, you said this feels like it's written by an AI because like, it's just like very simplistic in terms of like what they're doing with it. Very straightforward, not developed. Well, not thought out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, that is, that is disappointing. I mean, I, I, I don't know any of the behind the scenes stuff for certain. I do know uh, my friend, Isaiah Colbert, uh, a reporter for Kotaku, wrote a story about the, entirely white writers team um when they were doing some preview events i think last year basically saying like hey that's all well and good but like you guys are all white <laughs> and like gary Whitta said like um well i really like the actress that we got to play frey she's got this cool hip-hop walk and it's like hey what the fuck like what do you mean by Wait, that uh
1: did gary witta write it
0: uh he's credited as a writer on wikipedia in the credits, he is not credited as a writer. He's oh. credited as coming up with the original idea. And then um what's her name? Uh who's the, the woman who did like uh, all the uncharted stuff? Um uh Amy Hennig. Amy Hennig is also credited as a writer, like on Wikipedia, but in the credits, she's credited as like, uh, like uh, she's also credited as like original concept and idea with Carrie Witta, as opposed to like writing the scenes. Yeah, yeah so i don't i don't know i just i remember that story uh, when isaiah wrote it like coming out that like he said like she's got this like hip-hop walk and it's like oh gross like don't say like what do you eh, whatever it's not for me to say right it's not for us to say necessarily but it is one of those things where like alarm bells were going off for me or i was like i don't think this is appropriate or right but what can you do Hire the proper writers is what you can do. But what can I do? Nothing. I'm just <laughs> playing the game. <laughs> there you go. For spoken. Uh, I'll be interested to see. Like, we'll talk about it next week, obviously, with the Metacritic score and everything. Um and and we'll talk about it even more in depth then. But um
1: You know there what? There you go. You know what? What what's gonna happen if I if I wanna see some like if I wanna see more about your thoughts on this game? What, oh, if what you should... want
0: it like paired with gameplay or something yeah, like that. Yeah, what what should we do? Oh, interesting. Then maybe you should um support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hitbox pod, become a $3 oh. deluxe podcast producer. Cause today hitbox day, this, this week's episode, this week's bonus episode is going to be a, a, let's play further deep dive into Forspoken. So hop on over there. If you want to see that more for spoken from the likes of us, if not all good, can't support us monetarily. All good. Join us on discord. Link to that's in the description of the episode. Follow us on Twitter at hitbox um, rate the episode on your podcast player of choice, whatever you got, thanks for joining us this this wonderful hitbox day. Justin, do you have anything else to add?
1: Um, no, uh, I have nothing to add other than the fact that I wish my watch had a had a cheeky British man in it.
0: Um, not the guy from would no, no, that that'd
1: be annoying because I, I find it hard for someone to be more annoying than Siri. I would love
0: I would love if the cuff was was actually just all his voice lines were replaced by Wheatley from uh, portal 2. <laughs> <laughs>
1: or be way or what about uh, Peter Dinklage Dinklebot from Destiny?
0: From uh, Destiny, which is like the least emotive that just...
1: wizard is from the moon.
0: <laughs> hey, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you as always. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. We'll catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. Bye bye.